Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we aim to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and here with me is Jay Jones, and we are in 2021. Yep. Well, technically, last Friday, we... We weren't here, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's right. We're here. And we've already had some shenanigans in 2021, Jay. Off to a grand start. (laughs) Off to a great start. start. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, What was it, the the 117th congressional session? Is that... Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you listen to the prayer? Yeah, it's it, what a hot mess. Okay, so this was the prayer to open the session, right? Yeah. Okay. And and they had a I I, I don't remember. I think he, I don't remember his name, but he's a Methodist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's also a member of the House, no? Yeah, I, I think believe he is. So. Yeah, Democrat. Yeah. Oh, I never well. would have guessed that though. Yeah, right. <laughs> the way he prayed, I never would have guessed it. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Methodist. Yeah. yeah. I, how he. I don't see any what what world we can live in where he doesn't get church disciplined out of the church. Right. Praise to Brahma. Brahma. The uh, monotheistic god and then he prays the Brahma. <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah, Brahma Brahma What kind of what kind of weird to, timeline he, is this? <laughs> where where you pray to a Hindu god? Well, and then he and tried call, to call it a monotheistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how many how many gods does Hinduism have a hundred million? He's it's, he's their creator god, right? Uh, yeah. He's kind of their creator god, but they have a pantheon of gods. Oh yeah, like the he, Greek pantheon on steroids. Yeah, that's well, how that's, that's one of the that's one of the challenges of, but of he tried evangelizing to, yeah. Hindus is that they have, they'll just add they'll, add they'll just add Jesus. But how stupid! Literally, can you show the world how stupid you are in one prayer? Is that the goal? Because right. if that's the goal, you succeeded. Yeah, like you tried to conflate. You try to conflate. Uh, Brahma mm-hmm. with uh, Allah and also with Yahweh yeah. and like tr- it doesn't work, man. It, right. it just doesn't work. It's like saying green is red. Yeah, we all know if it's like if he got up and said we all know green is red and let's celebrate unity around the fact that we all know that. Yeah, like it's that stupid. Um, and then of course the way he ended it. Yeah, even hey. <laughs> <laughs> I've never in my never in a million years would you think because like aren't liberals supposed to be the intellectual? Aren't they? I mean, and that, that's and that what we're told. I like, mean, that's what we're told. We're told that yeah, they are the intellectuals. Uh, when liberals are the intellectual, where the where the where the, the country bumpkins? Yeah, right. The deplorables, dumb rednecks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he ends it with "Amen" and "A woman." A woman. Yeah. Which yeah. George, tell us just quickly. We don't need to. Have, we got it. This is text driven Tuesday, so we don't need to go free for all Friday. But right. we just. It's just too much to resist. It's, you, you can't just amen. ignore it. Amen and a woman. T- tell us where amen comes from. Amen is is just the word. Uh, it's Latin that means so be it. Right. Let it be. Yeah. Okay. It, it doesn't. So be it. Let it be. Yeah. Uh, or truly, truly. Like truly, so then, truly. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus say amen, amen, that, and yeah. he's you know. Right. It comes from the Hebrew word. Right. right. It, yeah, it goes uh, all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, truly. So it's not. A, it's, it's, just not a, it's just a translation. It's not a gendered word. It, yeah. You know what I'm going to do though today in honor of that guy? What's that? I'm going to go out and I'm going to. You know, my my wife. You know, she she likes to get um, manicures, but I'm going to go out on a search today for a woman cure for her. Okay. Oh. You think I'll find one? Think if I call around and be like, "Hey, I know you guys got manicures, but that is so." Uh, gendered, and I don't. I, I'm what I want is a woman cure for my wife. Mm-hmm. She's a woman. She deserves a woman cure. Right. 
I don't want her under the impression of manicures. What do you think? Think I'll, think I'll find one? I'm sure you'll have great success. <laughs> We're living in like the most ridiculous time. Yeah, I saw, I saw a meme this morning that said, if you end amen with a woman, you are an amoron. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. But this is the this is the world that we live in. Just this insanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw somebody tweeted out. I think it was Jared Wilson. It was a really funny tweet, man. You know how they call their they call it your mentions in Twitter, mm-hmm. where people at you. They, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, they're blowing up my mentions. He yeah. said, "Man, this dude's well uh, mentions are going to get blown up." <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. Yeah, his will mentions are gonna get over. They're gonna get overrun. Yeah, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Well, oh, there's, there's. I mean, it it would be really easy just to do a free for all because of some of the stuff that we've already seen, and it's January fourth. Oh my goodness! But uh, <laughs> we got like a month of material already. Yeah, but uh, it is text driven <laughs> Tuesday, and so we are going to talk about the sermon that you preached on Sunday, and we're jumping back into John, and so we're in John sixteen. And uh, we looked at, uh, well, my first question, Jay, just looking at the the passage in front of me, is this weird verse break. Yeah. No <laughs> idea, man. You got me. You know, we, we're starting a new paragraph. Yeah. Like, the, there's a paragraph indention in the ESV right. where you started. Right. But for some reason, the verses are, they're just, they're broken up weird. Honestly, man, I I feel like in a way, fifteen. I mean, it's just a it's just a place marker, right? right. Some human is not inspired. Put these place markers in, but okay. I really feel like you know that could have just continued on fifteen, and we didn't need to have a chapter break. Yeah, like it's such an odd thing. Well, I bring this up because when you told the the congregation where we were going to be reading, you said sixteen four B. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> well, there because it's broken right there in my text. Yeah, right. Uh, it starts a new section, the work of the Holy Spirit, which I, it, it talks about the Holy Spirit before that. So yeah. I don't know why that's there. That's like a what do you call this? Uh, uh, it's like a uh, editorial mm-hmm. insertion. Yeah, like in English to say, hey, this this kind of paragraph's kind of about this. Yeah, but that's it. Like breaks uh, a sixteen four into two pieces. Yeah. And it's so strange. It's so weird. So, so if someone were to be reading a theological book, a commentary, and yeah. they see something like sixteen four A, sixteen four B, it's just the beginning of the verse, the end. and the end of the verse. Yeah. Of course, I've seen I've seen C before. Yeah. Where you break up the the pass the verse into three sections. Mm-hmm. Just a little technical. Yeah. Thing that maybe would be helpful for people if they yeah. if they see that and they're like I, I have no idea what this this A or this B is here for. Yeah, first time I, I saw I was like, what is this? Uh huh. What do you mean? Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So we've got a we've got a weird verse break here in in chapter sixteen. But again, those are just placeholders. Yeah. Of course, this is not a very helpful placeholder because the ESV has a little uh little section break here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you don't have a verse. Uh, number right here at the beginning no of, verse, this, of this section. Yeah, you've got a you've got a verse, but no verse number. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm. So, uh, your your sermon was from this second the second half of verse four through verse eleven. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's uh, 
maybe give a little bit of context since it's been a while since we've been in John. Yeah. Um, just a maybe not your twenty minute intro yeah. that you gave on Sunday. Okay. Well, John's pretty. <laughs> but, if but you think about the, the structure of John, it's very. You can unfold it, and you're like, "Oh man, this has so many layers to it." Yeah. You know? I thought the way you 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 broke it apart was very helpful. Yeah. Um, just being reminded um, when I listened to the sermon of of how you you broke it up in a very simple easy to remember way. Yeah, it's it's really easy to remember. The first part of the Gospel of John is Jesus' ministry to the public, to the to the world. Everyone's there. The disciples are along for the ride. You know, they're learning. Uh he's training them, discipling them. Uh sign miracles followed by Jesus' teachings. That's chapters 1 through 12. Well, there's the intro on chapter 1 and then through verse or chapter 12. Chapter 13 shifts and the focus then becomes Jesus and the disciples. And the reason is is because it's the final day of his life. It's now we're in chapter 16, we're in the final hours. Um and the whole part of this is Jesus ministering to his disciples. He's preparing them for his imminent departure. And you can see them that you know their hearts are troubled, they're sorrowful, they don't understand what's going on, and they really won't understand fully, as we'll see next week. Um, they won't understand the events fully until the Holy Spirit teaches them all things. But he's preparing them because he's a good he's a good pastor. He's their pastor. He's their helper. Jesus is their helper. So the when the when Jesus promises the Holy Spirit in verses in chapters fifteen and sixteen, a lot of the things that he's the Holy Spirit does, we're like, oh, that sounds like what Jesus did for them because it is. He calls him another Paraclete, meaning another like me. Um, but this section really, uh, chapters fifteen and moving in here into sixteen, continues kind of like a relational theme. Chapter fifteen is about. Uh, Jesus explains what discipleship is like, and he uses the illustration of a vine and branches. So what is a Christian's relationship to Jesus? Well, it's like a vine and branches. You can't live on your own. You have to be engrafted in in the lifeblood of Christ to live as a Christian. Your relationship to the Father, well, he disciplines you, and he prunes you, and he trims you, and he causes you to produce fruit. So now there's two members of the Trinity, right? Well, then we get kind of a shift... Um, what's your relationship with the world like? Well, the world's going to hate you. You're going to go into the world, the world's against you. They're going to throw you out of the synagogues. They're going to think they're offering service to God even by killing you. Like, it's going to get really bad. Like, it's escalating, right? You're like, oh. Well, then he also told them, this would have been last time we were in John, we, we saw in 1526, when the Helper comes, who I will send to you from the Father, that calls him the Spirit of Truth, he said, he's going to bear witness about me and you'll bear witness about me. So they get this help. They're not alone. They have a helper. He's a teacher to them. We've already found that out in chapter 15. He's a teacher, and he's a helper. Um, And we learn some more things about him now in chapter uh, 16. Okay. And chapters, the next two weeks kind of, I don't know how I'll title the next sermon, but this one was kind of titled The Holy Spirit's Ministry to the World. Um, so you kind of had a mirror yeah. with chapter fifteen and chapter sixteen, mm-hmm. our relationship to God, our relationship to the world, yes, the spirit's relation to the world, the spirit's relation to us, yes, so that's that was a helpful uh-huh. helpful way of of looking at it mm-hmm. so. all right, well, how about you read uh the passage and then we'll we'll talk about it a little bit all right, 
let's uh, switch it over. Okay, here we go. Um, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. All right. So... uh I wanted to do things a little bit differently okay. um, today, and uh, the reason is because you brought up some interesting things in your intro. All right. Uh, before we get... So I, I wanted to split this into, there are wrong ways that people think of the Spirit, Yeah. and then how we should view the ministry of the Spirit. Yes. Is that That's right. agreeable to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you, you brought this up because you, you, uh, you said this at the very beginning, um, many of you are probably heretics right. when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that a little bit because I would I would agree not not intentionally. Of course, we talked we've talked about right. accidental heretics. We talked about that when we were yeah. talking about and we the, should cl- the doctrine of Christ. Yeah, and we ought to clarify too what what do I mean when I say heretic? Right. Well, there there are different categories of heresy. Yeah, yeah. There would be heresy with a capital H, uh-huh. where we would say if you believe this, you're not a Christian. That, if you if uh, you teach this. You're uh, you could fall under the curse of Paul, which is an adult. He he gives you a double damning. Yeah, right. So your da- damnable heresy is you're preaching is what a, this is. you're preaching a false gospel. Right. So doctrines of justification by faith alone. Mm-hmm. We put in here doctrines of the Trinity and right. Christ. Things of these nature. Salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, falling into into these errors with the Holy Spirit, we could say these people are still Christians. Yeah, and. But you're committing, a, you're still committing an error. Yeah, and it is right to call it heresy because to believe something not right is right. a heresy. Yeah. So we we probably all have some kind of well, of I know misunderstanding. Well, I'm sure. I mean, incorrect, in, incorrect well, interpretation of the scriptures. But just think of it like this: um, we have close brothers uh, and sisters like all over the place, right? Right. Uh, he even heroes of the faith. Yeah. R.C. Sproul, mm-hmm. I think, taught a heretical doctrine of baptism. Right. He's still a hero. Yeah. Um, that is, you have to be able to, and this is a problem people get into, is when they can't differentiate and separate these things. Like, yeah. okay, this is something we can disagree on, but I can't tell you, hey, repent of that or you're going to hell. <laughs> right. Which means we should probably still be friends. Yeah. And we should learn a lot. We should be able to I, learn from people. You know, I, I encountered people that, that couldn't make that distinction um, before we merged into the new church because I had people who were finding out I was a Calvinist. Yeah. And all of a sudden I wasn't a Christian anymore. Right. Um, because they couldn't, they couldn't distinguish between um, disagreements right. um, that are not, they're disagreements between brothers in Christ and. Um, the the disagreements that would cause someone to be outside the faith they, right. they couldn't distinguish that so it, that's a that's a good reminder we right. we need we have to be able to distinguish what what are what are um, issues that if you're wrong on this you are outside of the bounds of Christianity and what are some things that we can disagree on and still be yeah still be believers uh-huh. um, and 
Yeah, that's that's a good reminder. Yeah. Um, so you you talked about this uh, how people have wrong understanding of the Holy Spirit. So let's let's just talk about some of them. You okay. you you put them in the two categories. We mm-hmm. probably could bring out even more, but right. let, we can focus especially on these two. So what what are these uh, these two that would um, be an incorrect understanding of the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit? We probably should stress that also. Right. That the Holy Spirit is not it. The Holy Spirit is a He. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, yeah. The Holy Spirit is a He. Yeah. Um, well, the, so there's two broad categories of error. Uh, one would be an overemphasis on the Spirit. Okay. Um, even to the point where the Spirit is about the Spirit. Okay. Right? And I don't want to dip into what more what's coming next week, but the ministry of the Spirit is to make Christ known and to glorify Christ. Right. So if there is an emphasis on the Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles. Uh, tongues, these things, and the focus isn't on Christ, which is what happens a lot, right, in the charismatic <laughs> right. movement. Yeah, I won't throw a blanket statement on them and say it's at every place, but um, it's it's enough to where it's caused massive confusion. Yeah, I I think the the um, probably the the most visible gross um, illustration of this would be someplace like Bethel, right. Um, yeah. In in Redding, California, with yeah, Bill Beth- Johnson, Bethel, uh, Bethel Music, mm-hmm. and that they kind of use their music as a platform to right. kind of spread their their stuff. Yeah. yeah, so they'll have gold dust, yeah, uh, falling from the ceiling, mm-hmm. angels, angel wings or angel right. fe- feathers. I guess uh, they'll they'll have um, what like the Shekinah glory. They'll they'll say it's, it's the Shekinah glory. It's it's um, basically a fog machine coming out of the out of the air ducts, right? Um, and that's a that's a com- that's that is completely out of mm-hmm. out of bounds, right? Of orthodoxy, yeah, right. But there's there's other other examples that we could use. You use Benny Hinn, mm-hmm. um, Benny Hinn, and the the Word of Faith, and the right. you know the faith healers. Benny Hinn is probably known from us, but not those younger than us. But those younger than us probably know about Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. Because of what happened last summer, uh-huh. you remember they he kind of got turned into that viral meme yeah. where he tried to blow away COVID. <laughs> he thinks he's a yeah. living prophet, right? Right, and a lot of this comes from his uh, from a faulty understanding of the, of the work of the Spirit, right? And okay. so he's more popular, but yeah, yeah. So there's massive confusion. Uh, Todd White is probably pretty pretty well known amongst younger generation. Mm-hmm. You know, he's wears his cargo shorts and right. and has his dreadlocks and if you've got one leg shorter than the other, Jay, he'll fix it for you. That's his specialty. That's his specialty. He, he made it did he make an legs. appearance in uh that documentary uh-huh. um American Gospel. American Gospel yeah, where they did. try they exposed uh-huh. exposed him. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. So there's an overemphasis and there's varying degrees of that. But what's the what's the other error? The other error, which probably our church is committing, or the major, like I would say, the majority of people commit. I I would say, growing up as a Southern Baptist, I would say that this is the error that that was most prominent. Right. Yeah. Is, and you have to understand it contextually why that is. I think it. I think it is an overreaction, mm-hmm. right, to the other. We don't want to fall into that. Right. 
So now we just run the other direction. Yeah. And we run all the way out the door. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you see you see videos of, you know, Pentecostals and charismatics and they're running around and shouting and they're yeah. waving their hands and and swinging their coats around and we don't want we don't want to do that. And yeah. so we don't we don't really talk about the Holy Spirit at yeah. all. Yeah. At all, yeah, and people are like, "Oh, am I allowed? Am I allowed to raise my hands in this church? Are <laughs> right? They, are they going to kick me out of here if I yeah. do that?" So we're yeah. so we're cessationist. Yeah, um, it's not really a stance of our church, but it's the stance of us. Mm-hmm. Like we we would be cessationist, so we don't we we would hold that the supernatural sign gifts of speaking in tongues and and uh, you know uh, miracles like. He, you know, putting your hands on someone and like and the gift of healing, the gift of healing, um, those 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 miraculous sign gifts have ceased with the the office of the apostles. Right. So when the apostles uh, died, yeah, those those miraculous sign gifts they they passed away also because yeah, they lay the foundation of the church. Right. Um. So we we don't you know we wouldn't practice speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. Um. We we don't have um. You know, a time of speaking prophecy. We, right. we believe that all prophecy has ceased, right. and and everything we need is in the scriptures. Yes, um, but there's that that danger, right? Of well, the these miraculous sign gifts have ceased, and so we're not going to talk about spiritual gifts at all. Mm-hmm. We're we're not going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Right, um, and, at and, all. and we, it, it, I like how you called it an overreaction because yeah, that's, ex- over- that's exactly what there, it is. There is an overreaction. I think yeah. there's also confusion though about what the word cessationist means. Right. Yeah. Like, do you believe that God doesn't heal today? <laughs> right. Do you believe that? I believe that God heals. Yeah. 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 What 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 I would say is, um, I don't believe that there's someone that has a spiritual gift of healing. They can walk up to someone who's blind right. and say, "Be healed." My like kids we, were like asking we me about this last night, actually. Okay. <clears throat> And I asked him, I said, if someone had lived on the earth right now that had the gift of healing, mm-hmm. how evil of a person would they have to be to, to not, not walk into a hospital like <laughs> right. with kids yeah. that have cancer and, and be like, be healed in yeah. Jesus' name? Because yeah, that's, that's what a, the apostles could do. Right. That's a, that's a great, that's a great um, uh, argument against people like Benny Hinn yeah. and Kenneth Copeland who claim to, have claim, that gift. Claim to be apostles. Right, like Kenneth Copeland, he believes that he is the Lord's anointed uh, apostle. Yeah, I've seen him call himself the Lord's anointed. Yeah, it's super creepy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a super creepy guy. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't go into hospitals. There's, there's no documented miracles. Right. Like, like the apostles right. performed. I mean, you got Todd White who who lengthens someone's leg. Um, you don't see someone who's blind. Regaining their sight, right? You, you don't see a deaf person that all of a sudden they can hear, mm-hmm. or a, a lame person walk, right? Um, I mean, you 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 have these charlatans like uh, Todd Bentley mm-hmm. uh, claiming that he has raised people from the dead, yeah. But where are they? Like, yeah. there's no there's no documentation of it. Um, yeah, so that that's what we mean by these supernatural sign gifts is someone actually walking up and saying. Be healed, right? And and them being healed. We're not we're not saying that God doesn't heal people. God heals people. Um, we we pray for God to heal people, and God has miraculously healed people. I mean, there are yeah. people who and have God, who have cancer, and they go to the doctor, and all of a sudden the cancer is not there anymore. Yeah, like that's that's a miraculous healing. Um, but it wasn't because someone walked up to them 
and and said tumor be gone right right yeah so yeah i i uh what has what happens though like what is the people of our congregation the reaction against that stuff is like to treat the trinity like or the the holy spirit like he's the third will of the trinity right kind of a sub yeah yeah like he is not important yeah and what's going on so i think hopefully, hopefully over the next 2 weeks you're going to see he's very important mm-hmm. and so we don't want to we don't want to overreact and fall into that other error right cuz it's still an error yeah yeah, so we we want to, we want to stick with what the scripture says about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and not and not these two extremes mm-hmm. of overemphasizing or de-emphasizing mm-hmm. the Spirit. All right, so so there's these errors that we want to avoid, but your your um, your sermon was about a correct understanding of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So let's let's uh, just walk through it. With your your three points that are just clearly in the in right. the passage, um, you don't have to go to seminary to see this, right? <laughs> right, it's, it's right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're you're bringing it out. So let's walk through it quickly, and let's, let's talk about some of the application to this and okay. what what this means for us. So verses four through seven kind of set up for you the background. Um, you can see again that sorrows filled the hearts of the disciples. They understand what's going on, they but they don't really understand where Jesus is going, and that's why, like, you don't ask me where I'm going. Right. Um, they they don't realize, and I what I kind of said is this is an eschatological shift, like it's a major shift in God's plan mm-hmm. of redemption. Right. And when I when I say that, I don't mean I mean plan of redemption. I mean the unfolding of all of history. Right. All of reality, all of history, yeah. it's going somewhere, right? We believe it's going to the new heavens, the new earth. Well, this, yeah, the the Christian view of history is not the the atheistic view of history, mm-hmm. where everything is just random. It's just events unfold, right? Just you know, however they're going to. We believe that that history actually has an endpoint, mm-hmm. that it actually is building and moving towards that endpoint. Yeah, and that's, so that's why Jesus says, "I didn't say these things with uh, to you, well, because I was with you. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't need to hear them from me. Right. Like the world came against Jesus. He kind of shielded the disciples from a lot of that. Yeah. Right. He took the brunt of that. Right. Um, but now that's going to shift to the to them. Mm-hmm. The world will be after the disciples. Yeah. Now, um, while Jesus was here, he was their teacher. He was their helper. Uh, he's their guide. Um, he's everything." Uh, to them, and he's going to be leaving. So the whole thing is, I'm sending you a spirit. It's going to be better for you that I go away, because if I don't go, the spirit, the helper, won't come to you. And that's a shocking. That's a shocking statement from Jesus, right? And I'm sure it was just mind blowing mm-hmm. for the disciples. I mean, they're they're filled with sorrow. Yeah, and he says it's better that I go away. Yeah, how is it better? Well, I think it's better, and we get to this uh, this grand theme of or, or the unfolding of the storyline of history, uh, because in the Old Testament we're promised uh, this new era. Mm-hmm. We don't. I mean, we would call it we call it the new covenant, right? Right. But when you're kind of reading through the Old Testament, what you're picking up on is there's an era coming that's not like this this era. Yeah. Um, we call it the era of the Holy Spirit. Like, okay. if that's all you had was the Old Testament, you might go, oh, th- this era seems to be focused on the Holy Spirit, God pouring out His Spirit mm-hmm. on all flesh. And He describes in numerous passages um, 
kind of the earth or Israel as a wasteland. Yeah. And then the spirit comes and it becomes this paradise. Right. And you're like this place. This this is this is mysterious. And then you know, of course, we get a little bit more. Uh, a few uh, important passages, like one is Ezekiel thirty six twenty five, uh, when he he's gonna he's gonna pour clean water on you. Gonna clean you from your uncleanness. I'll remove your heart of stone. I'll give you a heart of flesh. Read picture of regeneration. Which, when Jesus talks about conversion in John three, he's using this passage. Right. And he talks about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit blows where he wishes. Yeah. And so he said, this heart of stone, give you heart of flesh, and I'll put my Spirit within you. This is a massive change like this. And if you read through the prophets, it's a kind of, it's a global phenomenon. We don't know a lot about it. Um, But that's what Jesus is saying. Like, this time, it's come. Yeah. But it won't come until I go back to the Father. Yeah. So Jesus has to die for our sins, um, be buried, raised. He has to raise on the third day victorious. But then he has to ascend to the, to the Father, to the right hand, because Jesus says, I'm going to send the Spirit. Yeah. We can't escape the Trinitarian nature that the Father sends Jesus, Jesus ascends, his mission's complete, and the Father and the Son send the Spirit. Right? Yeah. So... Um, this is why it's better, because everything you enjoy about me, it's kind of what he's saying to the disciples, uh, you enjoy me, you have this close, intimate relationship with God in the flesh, um, that's going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why it's better. Yeah, and it, it seems to be um, this idea that God with you is going to be superseded by God in you. Yeah. Like that's better, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it it's it is that move from the old covenant to the new covenant. In the old covenant, God was with Israel in their midst in the tabernacle and the the yeah. the glory that was that was filling the temple, and you could go to where God was. But now, once Jesus is gone and He sends the Spirit, God is going to actually be in you. Yep you don't you don't have to go somewhere mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. You you don't go to the temple. You are the temple, and you walk right. around. You walk around as the temple of of the Holy Spirit, right? And so that's that's a massive right. shift, and and that's better. And what's even what is amazing about it is when the the Holy Spirit indwells us, we're indwelt um, uh, in a, a mysterious way. He's called the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. Mm-hmm. He's the Holy Spirit. So if we have communion with one member of the Trinity in this intimate fashion, we have access to the Trinity, right? Um, John Calvin says, far more advantageous and far more desirable is that presence of Christ by which he communicates himself to us through the grace and power of his spirit than if he were present before our eyes. Mm. That's kind of, and that's what Jesus is saying. Yeah. Like John Calvin's not making it up. (laughs) Right. Um, Jesus is is getting at this. Mm -hmm. It is hard to, it's hard to to understand because we think, oh, if Jesus were here, be better. But he's saying no, right. uh, because and it's because I think you have to look at it, this grand uh, unfolding of redemptive history that um, God is going to have this type of relationship that the disciples are enjoying with Jesus. Like it's going to go to all peoples of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, that's we we need to understand that. Like that that is massive for the the believer that the spirit of god actually dwells in you mm-hmm. like he, he the the picture in the old testament of the spirit coming on the temple that is 
that's pointing to the greater reality mm-hmm. that we're a part of now. Right. Like we're we're being built up into that spiritual temple that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we have to quit de-emphasizing the Spirit and understanding the all of the um, the massive implications of the fact that the Spirit is indwelling us. And you go you go back yeah. to you go back to Ezekiel thirty six and see what the Spirit does. You go to Jeremiah thirty one and you see the the benefits of the new covenant that they are brought to effect in the believer through the Spirit. Right. Yeah. And if you want more on that, you can go back. There's a sermon, and we did a text strip on Tuesday on it, in John 14, um, and it's around verse 23. Um, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. Mm-hmm. So as the Spirit comes, Jesus kind of describes that as he and the Father coming and making His home their home with us, which... Yeah. Again, this should be mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, we just read it so many times. We uh-huh. just don't think it is anymore. Right. You know, we're too adult now and too used to it. Uh, I, th- I think we just we we just familiar. don't we we don't we don't we don't take the time the lost art of meditating on on scripture. Mm-hmm. Like we just don't meditate upon scripture. We we hear it and we just kind of let it glide off of us. Yeah. And we we don't really try to take it to heart. Yeah. And think about these things and and chew on these things yeah um and we need to because these are these are massive things yeah um glorious truths for god's people all right so what are the what's the what does the ministry of the spirit look like what what is it that god the holy spirit does in the world yeah so this is emphasis is on the holy spirit's ministry to the world um very easy. The outline is right there. Yep. Convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Right. It's so, it's right there in verse yeah. eight. Right. Yeah. And then he <laughs> it's almost of, as if you got your outline from the text, Jay. What? <laughs> yeah. What kind of what kind of nonsense is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So can, convicts the world of sin, righteous judgment, and then he kind of rephrases it again. He says, you know, this because of this, mm-hmm. sin because of this, righteousness because of this, um, and so he kind of elaborates on it. Okay. That's eight, 8 through 11. They all teach the same truth. Right. Okay. But, but elaborated on. Okay. So, God the Holy Spirit, He is sent by the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. That's the filioque clause, right? Yeah. Just a little, <laughs> just a little church history. Yeah. One of the reasons why the the Western and the Eastern Church split was over the filioque, uh-huh. the filioque clause. Uh-huh. Is it just the Son that sends the Spirit, or is it the Father and the Son? Yeah. So we would hold to. The Father and the Son mm-hmm. send the Spirit. Yeah, but that's a completely different. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there, <laughs> so people can Google the the filioque clause. Yeah. Um, all right. So Jesus and the Father they send the Spirit into the world, and the 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 Spirit convicts the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Yeah. All right. So what what does this mean? He convicts the world of sin. Okay. Um. What's kind of pictured in this world conviction or to convict is kind of like a courtroom prosecutor. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that he's throwing an allegation out and you're maintaining your innocence, yeah. right? No, like he makes <laughs> right. the case, the judge decides. Yeah. The picture is more like the argument is is made so clearly that you yourself acknowledge. Yeah. Right. So, and this this is how anyone becomes a Christian at all. So there there are only there are only two people in the world or well, I don't even want to say that cuz that breaks the categories of John. John's yeah. categories are the world 
and then whoever's with Christ. Yeah. Right? And the world is this domain of darkness, mm-hmm. has a ruler, Satan. You can't de- We'll get to that. You can't... Yeah. You can't demythologize this and and say, "Oh, this is this is not a real person." There's the world, and the people love the in the world. They love sin, they love darkness, right? So that's the judgment. The light has come in the world. People love darkness rather than light, and so the world. And that's the wonder of John three sixteen. Again, we just gloss over it. For God so loved the world. Well, what's the world? The world is this place that sin is destroyed. And that people love darkness, and they don't love God so much so that when God comes into the world, they hate Him. Yeah. But God loves this world, and His aim is to redeem. So, the ministry of the Spirit is to go into this hostile world and to argue the case before someone who can't see their own sin. Mm-hmm. People cannot see their own sin. Yeah. Anyone's experience, like your friends or your family or just a stranger, you can go up to a stranger and you can all day long say, the Bible says what you're doing is sin. Yeah. And they will not believe you. They won't believe you. But the ministry of the Spirit, when the Spirit moves, like if you're sharing the gospel, the Holy Spirit like tears off their blinders yeah. and reveals to them the truth yeah. that they are indeed a sinner. And the case is made so overwhelmingly clear they they cannot deny the truth any longer they see themselves truly for who they are yeah That's yeah the idea. and there's there's a difference between because people will feel a guilty conscience when they do something wrong right and they'll have what paul calls worldly sorrow yeah where they they feel bad yes i did something i hurt you i got found out mm-hmm. you know I, it's it's more the consequences they're they're sorry over the consequences yeah but what you're talking about is the Spirit coming and bringing godly sorrow. Yeah, and this is linked to belief. That's why Jesus says this, um, because they do not believe in, upon me. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to stay within the gospel. To not have Jesus is to disbelieve the Father. Right. If So you, you, you can't have one without the other, mm-hmm. right? And it kind of gets to the heart of what sin is. Sin is unbelief. It's idolatry. Yeah. Um, so to not believe upon God... Uh, is the worst of all sins. It's the chiefest of. It's the chief sin of yeah. all. Any sin you ever do, these other things you do, you do because you're you don't believe in God. Right. Like you might believe in the idea of God, but you don't believe in Him. You're not in relationship with Him. You're actually in rebellion against Him. You probably have many other gods. Yeah. Uh, you're an idolater, as the Bible calls it, idolatry. And so Jesus links it to that. Okay. This is the sin of unbelief. Uh, this is Romans one. This is eating the tree because they don't believe God. God's told them the truth, and they're like, "We don't believe you. Right. We believe the the serpent, <laughs> right. uh, creation. We believe Satan over you." Um, and everyone—that's the story of everyone before they're a Christian. Yeah, it's total. This is the doctrine of total depravity. Yeah, and so the Spirit drives this reality home. Yeah, you know, like, oh, I stole a penny. Not so much that. Or I did this. Uh, I I lusted after this person. It's the a deeper issue. I yeah, it's, am a unbeliever. It's the difference between sins, yeah, plural, and sin. Yes. So yeah. he is convicting the world concerning sin. Yes. So it's not just what you do. It's at the very core of who we are. Yeah. We are in rebellion against God, and it affects every single aspect of our lives. It affects 
It affects our thoughts. It affects our motives, mm -hmm. our emotions, how we um, process the the general revelation of the world. Yes. All of it is affected by the fact that we are fallen, and only the Spirit convicting the world of sin can take off those blinders. Yeah. Right. And so, I think a natural application of this is to look. Um, there is not any legitimate move of the Spirit unless this is occurring. Yeah. Jesus says this will occur. This mm -hmm. is how the Spirit ministers. Yeah. So, I mean, we plan like we plan revivals in our in our tradition. The Baptist, yeah. The uh, modern Baptist movement? Re well, really, um, I mean, you trace it back to the Second Great Awakening and Charles Finney. Yeah. And um, all the, uh, just the, the wrong methodology yeah. that they're using this this uh, Pelagian. Yeah, you um, you can't you can't you can't manufacture it. Right. You can't yeah. plan a revival. Yeah. Of, um, and this is the uh, the False Creek. You know. Yes. Uh, you know, you dim the lights and you play the music and yeah. you. You know, perfect example of that is um, Drake's friends. They go to that. You know, mm -hmm. we don't send him there. And uh, they'll come back and they'll be like, Drake, the Holy Spirit's so strong there. <laughs> right. The Holy Spirit's so strong. And he's yeah. like, and he's like, what do, what do they mean? I said, well, what they what they really what they don't understand is they're being manipulated. Mm -hmm. There's an atmosphere that they ca they have down to an art. Right. The music. Oh, the yeah. repeated drums. Mm -hmm. The dimming of the lights. The the altar call. They're creating an atmosphere. Right. That's what he means. Uh -huh. And how you know. Whether it's the Holy Spirit or not, is is your friend convicted of sin? Mm -hmm. Is he now living a life of repentance? Right. And yeah, and that's that's the key, repentance, because again, you can feel bad over your sin, right? Um, and it's not actually the Spirit who is is bringing you. Yes. Now this was this was um, th this point in particular was hard for me, but also encouraging. And I mean that because looking at the pew I'm sitting on, I've got um, my children. Uh. Now my daughter, she has she's confessed Christ, she's been baptized, but my 14-year-old and my 7-year-old, they're especially my teenager. Like he he knows the truths of the gospel. He we we have you know family devotions and we walk through the scriptures and he has a Bible and he he looks at it and. He can answer questions, um, but there's still not that repentance. Uh -huh. There's still not that um, coming to Christ, mm. and that's sorrowful for me and and for Julia, um, because, like you said, you can you can plead with someone, you can um, just be blunt with them, uh -huh. like you are in rebellion against God, you are in danger of eternal hell. You you can do all of these things, and it it won't it won't it won't do anything. It won't have its effect unless the, unless the Holy Spirit, um, he, yeah, he he does that work. Mm -hmm. So that's that's sorrowful, um, and at times it's like, God, are you going to do this? Yeah. When are you going to do this? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's an encouragement because, um, you know, we we can feel like did we not do enough? Mm. Did we not? Um, were we not clear enough? Right. Did, have we not explained the gospel enough? Have we not been faithful? 
Um, but that's that's not always that that's not always the the cause. Yeah, it's the fact that the Holy Spirit he hasn't done that that work of conviction. Yes, and that means that um, we've got to quit relying on ourselves, and we need to we need to be praying and and pleading with God that that He would do this saving work. Yes, it it causes us to it, it humbles us. Like we can't do this. Uh-huh. We can't argue you into heaven. Yeah, <laughs> we right. we can't argue you into being a Christian. One of the what a great this should be an encouragement maybe to you and to whoever's listening. Uh, you know, I spent an entire summer once with a, a gentleman, mm. like every Friday night for two hours, probably every Friday night. And yeah. I've told you before, as a lawyer. And we went through, he, he was a agnostics, kind of atheist. He kind of, you know, the smart atheists call themselves agnostics. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's let's say that, you know, because they, yeah. they'll say, I don't know. Uh-huh. No one can know. That's what right. they'll say. Yeah. So spent all this time, man, and he, at the end of the summer, I kid you not, he said, you've answered every objection I've ever had against Christianity. I'm not saying that to like be boastful, yeah. because I didn't come up with these answers. We stand on the tradition of church uh-huh. history. Right. We have the Bible, and I believe... There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing new under the sun. There's, there's nothing there's, new there's under no, the sun. There's no new atheistic argument that hasn't already been yeah. thoroughly answered by Christians for, you know... Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of years. So he literally said, "I believe the best explanation is that Jesus is real. He is who you said he was, and he rose from the dead." Wow. And he said, "But I can't believe." Mm. And the reason was is because he had a life that he loved, yeah. and he and what he was getting at is, I'm not willing to let go of this life. He's cherishing right? his sin. There's no conviction of of it. Right. I can't. No matter how much we talk, and the, and that just seems so. Um, incredible. Yeah. Until you understand this. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's the encouraging part. One day, I was in. Uh, this is when I was in the Army Reserves. Uh, there was this soldier, and I looked at the soldier, and I can't explain it other than there's an impression by the Holy Spirit um, to share the gospel with this person right now. Yeah. Is it has that's never happened to me before. So I'm like, I try to fight it at first. I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. So I just go, uh, I walk into this person's office, I kid you not, and I said, Hey, I'm whoever and I need to share something with you. Yeah. And I pull out a uh I think it's a two ways to live track. Okay. And I said, I want to share, I just want to share the gospel with you. And they listened, this person listened, and I get to the end and they start crying. Wow. In uniform. And they convert immediately. Wow. I find them a church, they go to a church, and they get baptized. Yeah. George, <laughs> I, I have no clue. And then I think to myself, I have yeah. no clue what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> what a, I don't know anything about anything anymore. Yeah. Like like that. Boom. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and it was real. And yeah. I, you know, that's encouraging. Right. You, I could ride off of that for the next five years. <laughs> right. Um, but it, again, it... it it causes you to um, forget yourself. Like it, it's 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 an encouragement to people that feel like, well, I, I just don't have all the answers to all of these these objections. Like you don't have to read um, a pile of apologetics books, right? 
share the gospel. No, there was no apologetics. Yeah, just just sharing the gospel of of the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man and the need for for Christ and His death on the cross, His resurrection, and that you need to repent and believe the gospel mm-hmm. and um, trust the Holy Spirit to do His work. Yeah, and yep. it. it it's 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 humbling. It is. It's humbling, but it also it causes us to rely upon the spirit. We're running. Out of, we're running out of time. We are running out of time. It's going so we fast. Are. But we kind of conflated the yeah. these other points. I mean, they yeah. they all go together they do. because he convicts the world of sin, but he also convicts the world of righteousness. Yes, and it, so it goes beyond like the case is made. You're guilty, and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm guilty. But now uh, it goes even further because the standard is laid in front of your face, right? And the standard is the perfect righteousness mm-hmm. of God. Right. Um, we ha- create all kinds of standards for ourselves to justify ourselves. Yeah. Um, the Pharisees and the people of Jesus' time were doing the same thing. And so Jesus' ministry, part of it to the world, was displaying the perfect righteousness of God, and people hated it. They yeah. hated what they saw, because it showed them how clearly they weren't righteous, and they loved to live in that illusion of righteousness, mm-hmm. especially the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, you know, it's strange... It, in a strange way, the sinners Jesus encounters don't appear to be living in that illusion. Like they they seem ready to come to him. Yeah. These relig- the religious elite have built even a hedge around the law to say how super righteous they are, and then Jesus' ministry just exposes it clear. Um, the Holy Spirit continues that ministry in the world, and that's part of the conviction comes, but then the standard of righteousness is laid before... When that happens, I think it causes a sense of dread, honestly. I can remember uh, when I was converted in my 20s, um, and that's what happened. I had a sense of dread. It didn't last long because I had heard the gospel 5,000 times, right, from my parents, yeah, and even in my dad's preaching growing up. But I never had a sense of dread, Mm. and the sense of dread is... God's holy and He's perfect, and you're you're a sinner. Yeah. Your best righteousness are filthy rags; they're bloody, filthy garments, and yeah. you've thought they they're nice. <laughs> and right. when that illusion is stripped away, and you know who God is, and you know who you are, um, it's kind of terrifying. And R.C. Sproul calls it the trauma of the holy, mm-hmm. and I, th- I like that word. I, li- I like the phrase because that's what happens, um, and it's really a grace. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit breaking through. He's ministering to you, right? And but He doesn't leave us there. It goes even further, yeah. Right. <laughs> so then He then He convicts you that sh- there's an impending judgment. Mm-hmm. Judgment is coming. Yeah. You're all. Everyone will stand before this holy and perfect and righteous God. And now you have no. There's no comeback. You have no comeback. You're a sinner. You see the perfect standard. Impending doom and judgment. Uh, but this is a grace too. Because you, the next thing you know is I'm I'm not there yet. There's a judgment, but it's not right now. Yeah. So then, what is the what does the person do who has been ministered to like that? I I would say they do the only thing they can do, and that's run to Christ. Run to Christ, yeah. Yeah, he he convicts the world of righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's not just the, it's not just you you don't have that righteousness. It's there is someone who. Who will does give, who and, will, and, and who, who will, will give it to you? Yeah, who will clothe you in that righteousness? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this is a conviction of sin, um, a, a warning against judgment, but it also is an opening of the eyes to see the, the that Christ is your only hope. Yes. Right. Yep. Uh huh. Um, so, 
so going back to what we we said at the beginning that there is um there's an overemphasis on the spirit and these miraculous signs but there's also this overreaction this neglect of the spirit and what we're seeing is that the the ministry of the spirit is not wrapped up in um people talking in gibberish and running up and down an aisle and falling down and shaking right but it also isn't a well, we don't want any part in raising our hands in church. Yeah. Um, but the ministry of the Spirit is drawing people to Christ. Yes. Convicting people of sin and pointing them to their only hope. Right. And I think for a lot of people, that's just not exciting enough. Right. Like that. that's it? Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Like we're we're talking about something that only God can do. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we, I don't know if we've we've heard it so much. It's become trite. You you know, you got to be born again, right? Uh, oh well, okay. Huh. Like that's something that only God can do. Yeah. Like think about that. You can't cause yourself to be born again, right? And you can't cause someone else to be born again. And you can have all of the, you can have all the money, and you can have all the creative people, and you can have all of the the shows and all of the all the gimmicks, and you cannot cause a single person to be born again. Yes, that's right. It's it is a miracle. Like it this, is, this yeah. is this is resurrection miracle. It is, and we we just kind of yawn at it. Like this is this is powerful. This is Paul Paul says the the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is working in you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I and mean, I preached that once on an Easter Sunday. Yeah. And not only that, he seated you in the heavenly places with Christ. And he's brought us in the union with Christ. Um this is and this is the spirit's I would say primary ministry in the world. Mm-hmm. He is expanding the kingdom of Christ throughout the world, and the kingdom of this world, yeah. it's a different kingdom in this world, is passing away. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't often get to see the effects of that, but it's been the case for but for the past 2,000 years, Christianity has spread all over the globe. Yeah. Uh, may not hit every people group yet, but it's going to. Right. Every people on the planet are going to hear of Christ, and 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 Christ is going to call out His own people from among all this, and, and the ministry of the Spirit is what is accomplishing this. Right. It's not our ingenuity. It's not like like humans go and they say, "Hey, I'm going to go uh, to India." Yeah. Like William Carey, the great missionary, uh-huh. he goes and he labors and he labors and he labors, and nothing happens. Right. Not until the spirit works, mm-hmm. and then he begins to see the fruits of his labor. Yeah. Um, the illustration that I that I used uh, I, that was helpful for me to see was when Jonathan Edwards preached "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God." Mm. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's it couldn't be more clear, right? He preaches this sermon, and a, and a great awakening starts, like a real like a real revival, <laughs> right? That sweeps across the colonies, yeah. Because this is even pre pre uh, United States, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a this is this revival has massive impact, and it all started when he preached this sermon. Sinners in an ang- of sinners in the hands of an angry God. People fell over on the ground. And began to like cry out for mercy, yeah, like to beg God for mercy, right. not fall on the ground and bark like a dog, <laughs> right? Fall on the ground, beg God for mercy. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't even finish the the sermon because everyone was shouting and crying, and yes, <laughs> he had to stop several times and 
tell people to calm down so he could continue. Yeah. yeah. What is amazing about this, George, is you would say, I mean, if you read this sermon, he ha- he does employ like amazing illustrations. Oh, yeah. But he preached a sermon before, and he preached at his own church not long before that. He preached at his own church, yeah. and it just went over like nothing. Like they weren't, they didn't think it was that great of a sermon, and <laughs> right. you know, no feedback really, and yeah. nothing. Yep. What I mean, what's the difference? There's only one difference: mm. that God, God is sovereign. He decided when He would move. Right. Um, as Jesus said, the wind blows where the wind wishes. That's the ministry of the Spirit. Yeah. And it's a it's a powerful thing, and it's it's something that we need to be reminded of as we are sharing the gospel with others. Mm-hmm. Don't get discouraged. Rely on the power of the Spirit. Be faithful to preach the true gospel. Um, you don't have to add any kind of gimmicks. You don't have to um, you know, manipulate. Just preach the gospel. Rely on the Holy Spirit. This should drive us to prayer. Yeah. Um, and then when God's spirit does move and people come to faith in Christ. All the glory belongs to God. That's right. It doesn't belong to us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. Well, this was this was um, a helpful sermon. It was a good reminder of the true ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I'm looking forward to next week as you continue going through John chapter 16. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today for our Text Driven Tuesday. I hope this this has been a a beneficial episode for you, giving you some things to think about. I would encourage you to go back and uh, listen or watch uh, the sermon from Sunday that Jay preached and uh, meditate upon this, meditate upon what it means to be relying on the Spirit and uh, the ministry of the Spirit in bringing people to Christ. Be sure to to like, subscribe, share, and uh, we'll see you next time for another episode of Conformed to Christ. And uh, that is our hope and prayer that you might be conformed to His image.